Hi, this is Sarit Schwetzer, and welcome to the It Is Taught podcast, a podcast devoted to the teachings of Rabbi Schneir Zalman of Liadi, as recorded in his most famous work, the Tanya. My hope for this show is to make these teachings accessible and relatable to the average person, regardless of prior Jewish education or affiliation. The episodes follow the prescribed daily study portions and are meant to serve as practical lessons in how to live your life as your true self and develop an authentic and powerful relationship with your Creator. I have personally experienced the effects the study of this work has had on me, and I'm excited to share what I can of this knowledge with you. So please join me on this journey of learning, self-growth, and connection with your source. Hi, and welcome to the It Is Top podcast. This is episode 680 for the 18th of Tishrei in a regular year. So after many years of practicing some pretty intense yoga, gymnastics, uh, some contortion and handstand thrown into the mix, I'm finding myself with quite a bit of neck issues these days. So I'm not going to devote the whole podcast to talking about my neck issues, but suffice it to say, I've been experiencing quite a lot of different weird kind of symptoms, which I traced back in large part to be coming from my neck to um, an unhealthy amount of compression on the cranial nerves in my cervical spine. And I was meditating upon this idea the other day, you know, thinking about the fact that we know there's a principle talked about in Chassidus that everything that happens here in the physical realm has a parallel in the spiritual realm. Um, You know, there's like sort of an energetic component, a spiritual component to everything that we experience down here. And I'm not bold enough to say, you know, this particular uh, problem uh, maladaption has a court, this particular corresponding spiritual issue or anything like that. But I was thinking about this, you know, in terms of my neck and thinking about like, what, what is this? What is how, what is like the energetic spiritual component to this? And what came to mind for me is I started to realize, you know, what's really going on in my neck is my neck is stiff. I don't really have a lot of mobility in my neck or not as much as I used to or as much as I'd like. So you could really say that I am stiff-necked. And that got me thinking, and I said to myself, you know, isn't that interesting that where have I seen this phrase before, stiff-necked? This is in relation to the Jewish people. So biblically, the Jewish people, many of you have probably heard this before, are referred to as being a stiff-necked people. Uh, The origin of this phrase, stiff-necked, it comes up, it may come up in other places, I'm not sure, but it definitely comes up in Shemot, chapter 34, verse 9, where Moshe says to Hashem, he says, he, he pleads with Hashem to forgive the Jewish people. And he says, why? Because they are stiff-necked people. So a kind of cursory reading of this text uh, could, you know, it's easy to understand this in terms of saying that like uh, Moshe is, is pleading with, with, uh, with Hashem to, to forgive the Jewish people. And even though there are stiff-necked people, even though they're known to be very stubborn, you know, we see throughout the stories of our travels in the desert, we time and time again rebelled against God. We seem to be kind of thick-skulled in a certain way that we weren't getting the message. We didn't get the memo a lot of times. um, And and it kind of, we continue to rebel and we sort of had this like stubbornness about ourselves. And so that, so Moshe Rabbeinu, basically this simple reading of the text seems to imply that he's saying to Hashem, yes, there are stiff-necked people, but please overlook that and um, 
and forgive them anyways. On the other hand, however, if you actually look at the literal text itself, it doesn't say that. What it says is it says, because the Jews are a stiff-necked people, you should forgive them. In the Hebrew, it's ki am vesalachta. So because they are stiff-necked people, and you should forgive them. So that seems to imply that it's not that Hashem needs to overlook the fact that they are stiff-necked, but actually it's because they're stiff-necked that God should forgive them. So today we're going to be exploring what that means exactly. Why, what is, is there a certain uh, benefit to having a stiff neck? Should I maybe feel not so bad about having my own personal physical stiff neck? What does it mean to be stiff necked in this way? And how can we see this trait in a positive way in terms of our service of God? And in terms of the way that we relate to God, in terms of the way that God relates to us. So what does it mean to be stiff-necked? So being stiff-necked basically means stubborn. You know, it's hard to see another point of view. It's somebody literally like for me, you know, it's it's not the easiest thing for me to turn my head from side to side uh, in different directions and in, in have that full range of motion. There's a tendency to kind of like just look straight ahead, see where you're going. So uh, when a person is energetically stiff-necked, what this means is they're unidirectional. They're very stubborn. They can't, you can't change their mind. You can't sway how they see things. And there's something kind of irrational about this stubbornness. You know, we can see this in a negative way. If somebody is very stubborn, has a very stubborn point of view for something that is outright flat, flat out not true, right? Or let's say sometimes we can be stubborn about like um, we just get in a certain mood and we want to, uh, we want to rebel, you know, or we want to eat uh, a cookie or we want to eat ice cream, whatever. And we just like set our mind to that thing, that thing that we want to do, um, it's nothing can stand in our way of it. It's like when, when we decide that this is what we're going to do. We go all in. We decide this is what we're going to do. We see this with cravings a lot, you know, like I really like ice cream. Uh, I don't eat ice cream that often, but when I want to eat ice cream and when I get it in my head that I want to eat ice cream, I'm going to get ice cream. Uh, I, you know, I remember being in, uh, in Flatbush at some point and really craving ice cream. I really wanted to get ice cream and I went to the first ice cream store and then I was about to get the ice cream and then I realized that it didn't the hechsher wasn't really in accordance with my standards so I didn't give up there I actually literally like you know walked for a good 15 minutes to the other ice cream score store to get my ice cream I was set on having that ice cream so this is you know ice cream is sort of a neutral territory we can see this with negative things as well, unfortunately, that people sometimes are really stubborn about doing some type of rebellious behavior or something. Um, but then imagine, and this is what we're going to be talking about today, imagine if we took that same stiff-neckedness, that same stubbornness, and we applied it to something good, and we applied it to something positive. And that is going to be the message of today's Tanya, the application of our stubbornness towards prayer. This is the message that the ultra about wants to give to us, that we should really take our stubbornness, take our stiff necked nature and apply this to prayer and plead to Hashem in a very intense and stubborn way. And then he says to us that when we pray to God in this kind of way, which again is above intellect, it's above chokhmah, then this can cause God to forgive us in a super rational way, even if we're not uh, worthy of forgiveness, he can, um, he, he can, and he should. And the altar of is kind of pleading with Hashem to, uh, to forgive us 
in a super rational way, in a way of measure for measure. And we see that this, now we can understand that um, that that verse in the, in the Torah where Moshe said to Hashem, uh, forgive them because they're a stiff-necked people, basically saying that just like the Jewish people are stiff-necked in a good way, that they're stubborn, they, stubborn, they serve you in a way that is super rational, that's above intellect. So thus you should forgive them in kind also, not just because according to the intellectual calculations, they deserve it, but because you know, because they're behaving in a way that's above intellect. So God should respond in a way that's above intellect. So with that being said, let's get into the text. For context, uh, we're technically still in the middle of Epistle 22, but it's sort of like a new section. It's a new paragraph. Um, it's actually an addendum that was added on, added on later to this epistle. And it constitutes two parts. So we're going to be learning the second part tomorrow. Uh, so today, we're really focusing on this first part of this uh, of this addendum to the epistle. So here we go. So the altar of it begins by addressing his followers with a tear with tears of endearment. He says, my beloved brethren and friends. And he says, due to him being very busy um, uh, and these these preoccupations that he have are surround him and encircle him like water. Uh, all day, all night, and they never stop, they never cease. And he uses the poetic language from Yeshayahu to describe this. This is from Yeshayahu chapter 62, verse 6, where it says, that all day and all night, never holding their peace, these different, so basically he's saying that he's very, because he's so busy, he it, he doesn't have the time to write down everything that he wants to that's in his heart. But so he's, nevertheless, he's going to say it in a shorthanded manner, like somebody who comes and like reviews these things. So these are, he's going to be reviewing something. So it's, these are not new ideas, basically, but he's just going to be reviewing it and reiterating these ideas that he, in a short way that he feels are extra important to him, especially to those people. Uh, this is who he's addressing are people who offer themselves in prayer to say steadfast in their service of prayer. And to pray out loud, to pray with a loud voice. So basically he's saying that people who really want to develop themselves in prayer, who want to show up for their prayer, which just as a side note, this is speaking to me in a very personal way because my, uh, I don't know if I'd mentioned this on the podcast yet, but my resolution for the coming year was to improve my prayer and to really work on my service of prayer. And thinking about this idea that the word for service of prayer in Hebrew is avoda. Prayer is called avoda. Avoda means work, toil. So it's supposed to be a workout. Prayer is really supposed to be just like you have a physical workout. You know, every morning I do my yoga, my my fitness practice the prayer is is a spiritual workout it's supposed to leave you sweating you're supposed to really be working so that's what i'm hoping you know god willing to work on this coming year and so this is a very apt section for me on a personal note so hopefully it will speak to you guys as well that the ultra rabbi here is saying for those of you that want to take your prayer seriously then this is what you need to do he says that you should pray first of all with a loud voice so pray out loud and you should strengthen yourself, they should strengthen themselves vigorously with all of their might and power against any kind of obstacles, whether the obstacles are outside, external obstacles or internal obstacles. So an external obstacle could be there's the sound of traffic outside, music, people talking, things like that. And in, inner obstacles could be your own inner thoughts, your own inner distractions, resistances, things like that to strengthen yourself against these things uh, with a strong hand, which is the will of those who fear God, uh, which is above chokhmah and above 
tuna, so it's above wisdom and understanding, so it's above intellect, this will, that that Hashem gave to them to do any everything that God to know that the, what they to know and to do anything that God commanded them to do with their intellect and with their knowledge. So meaning to say that like God imbued within every Jew a willingness to do his will. And this is something that he's asking everybody to tap into. And that this this should be a simple will. And it should be a ruach nediva, it's called in Hebrew, a, a voluntary spirit in every person that their heart uh, prompts them to serve God with this simple, simple service. It should be a avodat it's called in Hebrew, like a very simple, which is also called complete service to, um, to bring nachas to Hashem, to bring um, nachas is one of those words that's like hard to translate, but to bring like an appeasement of, of spirit to their maker, to Hashem. This is what happens when we pray with sincerity. That's the basic idea. And a be- and it should be coming from this place of will, which is beyond intellect. And then the altar says that this, about this level of will, uh, it's, it's describes like, where do we see an allusion to this level of of supra rational will is in Shmot chapter thirty-four, verse nine, where it says, where it says, For this is a stiff-necked people and you should pardon. So this is basically this interestingly where where Hashem calls us a stubborn nation, a stiff-necked nation, that's actually a praise to us. It's actually that is why God forgives us. So it's actually a good thing that we're stubborn. So this is during prayer, this is a chance for us to actually tap into our stubbornness. And why is it that specifically prayer leads to forgiveness in this way? Because and because prayer is something that transcends intellect because it's coming from that place of will. And forgiveness is also something that comes from a place that's above intellect. Um, be- because we see that there's this uh, anecdote that's told in the Talmud Yerushalmi, in the, in the Jerusalem Talmud in Makot, Makos um, 2.6, where it says that they asked Chochmah, what uh, what should happen to souls that sinned? And Chochmah actually said that the, the wisdom, attribute of wisdom said that they should be punished. So we know that within the realm of intellect, there's room for punishment. It's not a place of forgiveness. It's like you can logically explain why people should be punished. There should, you know, there should be consequences for actions and things like that. But forgiveness is something that comes from a place that's above intellect. And we know that Moshe prayed specifically for this, that his prayers should um, be granted. Mida keneged mida, it's called in Hebrew, measure for measure. Meaning that Moshe pleaded that Hashem should grant forgiveness to the Jewish people, uh, measure for measure to the to them pleading with him. So it's like, just like their pleading and stubbornness was coming from a place that was above intellect. So too should God grant them this uh, forgiveness from a place that's above intellect. So that's the end of the section for today, and we will continue along these lines tomorrow when we get into the second part of this uh, of this addendum. So stay tuned for that, and I will speak to you then. Thanks for listening to the It Is Top podcast, hosted by Sarit Switzer. This podcast is dedicated in loving memory of my maternal grandfather, Abraham Yitzhak ben Benyamin Cohen of Blessed Memory. Music by Shoshana. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to support the show, Please share it with others and subscribe on YouTube, Apple iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And make sure to leave us a five-star review. To find out more about the It Is Top project, including more information on my soon-to-be-published book, please visit our website, itistaught.com. To catch the latest from me, follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. 
looking forward to speaking with you tomorrow. And until then, have a great day.